0: What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's 3M Open. little hard to turn our attention immediately from the old course to TPC Twin Cities, but we're going to do it. We're going to find some valuable golfers. The field's uh, not the worst field we've seen all year, and uh, it's kind of a fun little interesting course. I know there was uh, a lot of Cam Smith tickets out there. Congratulations to everybody. That was uh, the saddest I've ever been, cashing an outright ticket, but hey... A win is a win. Let's see if we can find uh, some more great values this week. Let's jump right into it. This is the course key stats tool on my website, rickrungood.com. It's where you'll see all the tools uh, and data that's available. I just dumped in multiple years of the breakdown for European strokes gained. So now we have off the tee approach around the green putting for European tour events. Um, I've got some other things coming very, very soon that I'm very excited about. This is the course key stats tool. And uh, I have to kind of be honest here. This is the first time in a long time that I don't think the data necessarily passes the sniff test or passes the eye test so we can talk through it tpc twin cities the 3m open this event um elevated from i think it was a champions tour event uh forever the 3m championship is what i think it was called uh to now the 3m open a pga tour event we've only played it three times 2019 2020 and 2021 this golf course uh it's an arnold palmer design and it is probably most well-known for the water that's out there. There's just water on a lot of different holes. Um, it can come into play off the tee. It can come into play on approach in a couple of spots. You'll see big numbers. There's a lot of penalty strokes that are taken here. If you think back, I guess it was a couple of years ago, Dustin Johnson, um, this is where he like put like three in a row in the water and shot an 80 or an 81 or something like that. And then I think he then won the next week. I can't remember, but it was like win uh, 78, 7880. 80. Win or something outrageous like that, but that that's that's possible. Um, it is still generous off the tee. However, you can get yourself into water situations. There's there's penalty shots. You have to avoid the big number. Which wh- I, I believe this will be a birdie fest, but I believe that uh, there'll be a wide range of outcomes, a wide range of scores. Right, like you might see a 64 and a 77 on the same day. Right, just because guys that can avoid the water, guys that can avoid the penalty are going to have their way with the course, and guys that can't uh, are obviously going to post big numbers. So uh, generous off the tee. I think that uh, these greens and green sides are arguably um, kind of some of the easiest greens you can get, very flat, even the poor putters find a way to find success around here. Around the green, not particularly important. However, uh, I think there's, there are, there's data that points to some of these bunkers being, uh, a little bit difficult to get, to get in and out of. So maybe we'll work on sand saves or something like that when we get to the model at the end. But if you just look straight at the course keys, like this is just the correlation model. So last three years, it, it found, uh, a decent emphasis on driving accuracy over driving distance. And it found a def- decent emphasis on strokes gained around the green. Now, again, I think, um, I can pull this up, but I think, Last year's winner, uh, Cam Champ, won this, losing strokes around the green. Let me look. Yeah, so here's the Holy Grail. I just pulled up like the all all three years of data at TPC Twin Cities. Uh, Michael Thompson won it in 2020, losing strokes around the green. Cam Champ won it in uh, 2021 last year, losing strokes around the green. Now, there are obviously guys who... Did not win and gain strokes around the green or in general are better around the green players than maybe they showed that week. So that's what you have to keep in mind when you're looking at this data. Um, I think one of the flaws in the industry or from other people is like they just look at what the guys in the top 10 did or they just look at what the winners did and they try to find correlation in that. That doesn't make any sense, right? Those guys are are by definition having outlier performances and will skew your data. So I look at everybody in the field. So while this doesn't necessarily pass the eye test, I mean the data's the data is the data. There's no real skewing of it. Um, so driving accuracy ranked 16th, which means there was 15 more 15 other courses on the PGA Tour which driving accuracy was more important, and then around the green was 10th, which means there's only nine other courses on the PGA tour in which, uh, strokes and around the green was more important. So, uh, the way to look at that is guys that are generally good around the green for the season had good weeks at TPC twin cities, whether that's important or not for this week, you decide, but that's what the data says. So, um, we can kind of run that in the model. We can kind of put into what we think the, um, the eye test stuff is we can run a couple of them throughout the week, but to me, this is a really good opportunity for, your team no putt kind of bombers, guys that are generally good off the tee, who aren't going to spray it too, too far, who are able to avoid the big number, who can kind of get birdie straight like that. That's kind of the mold of golfer that I'm looking for this week. And we'll talk about those guys as we go through the cheat sheet, which we are going to do right now. Here is the cheat sheet. And there are only three golfers over $10,000. It's a fairly top-heavy field. Uh, Tony Finau, Hideki Matsuyama, Sung JM, 5 10 10,000. So... Uh, This to me is probably a very big game theory week um, because we have seen that this course has been relatively volatile over the years. Um, I think that we can kind of embrace that volatility to some extent. And if we find ourselves in a situation where one of these golfers is really, really popular, we probably just don't need to go there. right? And we can take our chances that Uh, Either that guy finds disaster or that guy just has a subpar week. Because let's be honest, the way it's trending, as I imagine, I mean, it's very early on a Monday. I imagine Tony Finau is going to be quite popular. Um, There are a few reasons for that. He is the most expensive golfer, but he is not prohibitively expensive. So we have seen... Other top golfers be what? $11,000, 11100 11200 A $10,500 price tag on the most expensive golfer provides a lot of built-in flexibility. You look at his history around the 3M Open, 28th, 3rd, and 23rd. He's played it every year of its existence. He hasn't finished outside the top 28. Uh, coming off of a pretty decent finish at the Open Championship last week, we look at his golfer profile. We're going to find more great results. He's gained strokes off the tee, uh, basically every event dating back to the Genesis Invitational except for the U.S. Open. Uh, the putter has been much improved. The short game in general, much, much better. Ball striking is all there. Uh, I don't have any issue. Like, like what is, What's the bad thing to say about Tony Finau other than he might check in at 24% ownership and we are asking someone who's 10,500 to either win or finish inside at worst like the top six or 7 or something like that right at worst so you're asking for a lot out of a guy who is certainly capable of it but isn't the knock on tony that uh he doesn't win enough right i mean listen there's there's nothing there's nothing in the metrics that say that says tony is not going to be a great play this week i i think that when we get to the live show on wednesday 3 p.m. Eastern time. Rick run good YouTube channel. I have a feeling we're going to have a projected ownership number that is too high for me. That that is my current guess. So the natural pivots there are going to be either to Hideki or Sung J. M. Let's start with Sung Um, You know, there's been a lot of these like kind of rumors and speculation, and I don't know if it's been um, if it's even been confirmed or anything about kind of this lingering back injury for him. And I don't know if that's true. But what I do know is true um, is it's just not been a good run look at this. Um, so the ball, so, so a lot, a lot to unravel here. So for Sung Jae, he lost 10 and a half strokes putting at the open championship. Is that right? That's, a, that's one of those things. When I see that I'm like, it, I'm going to have to double check that the underlying data to make sure that's actually correct. Cause it's such an outlier and yeah, it's correct. <laughs> okay. So, um, I'm not as worried about that, right? Uh, the old course, which can cause fits to lose, 10.3 strokes putting over the course of a week when your previous worst was 4.79, Like I'm I'm not worried about that. Uh, what I'm more worried about for Jay is just the the general lack of, of good ball striking that we've seen from him. Three straight events in which he's been basically subpar on approach, which you're going to have to be fairly stout this week. And if you're just a little bit off and you're finding water and things start to com- compound very, very quickly, probably like they did for him on the greens at the old course. And he was not able to put a stop to that at the Course, right? I know it's a completely different club and a completely different course, but when things start spinning really, really fast on the golf course, uh, you want your guys to be able to like put a pin in it and figure it out. And Sung punted away 10 strokes on the putting surfaces uh last week, which is not not great. Um Hideki's the other one. So Hideki, you know, I think you could argue uh the the finish at the open championship which was a t68 was not all that unusual um his open championship record in general wasn't great but now you look at that and you say okay well he also missed the cut at the scottish open and he had that weird dq at the memorial but he did have that really good fourth place finish at the u.s open i I, um i don't know what to do with hideki i think if he were to check in at like seven percent ownership which i don't think is going to happen because he's got a seventh place finish here in 2019 i'd be interested i think honestly the the arguably the best pivot if you do not want to play Tony now is to just start in the 9k range. You know, you're only avoiding three guys, there's question marks or ownership concerns about basically all three guys in the top in the top of the board. Uh starting in the 9k range feels a bit more natural. Sahith Tagala is $9800. Now, this this feels like a really good spot for him, right? So, we talked about this all the time. I think his results are going to end up being relatively more volatile than they should be he's kind of a field golfer it's not technical at all um but what you're seeing now is a stretch of what is this one two three four five six seven eight consecutive cuts made the last five he's gained strokes off the tee that's the first time in his career he's done that obviously a very young career but the first time he's gained five straight events off the tee short game stout ball striking very good the putters all over the place this is good Right. If you can lose three strokes putting in a week and gain four the next week and then gain two and lose five like that's fine. I think that's the mold of the type of golfer that's gonna have a lot of success around TPC Twin Cities. Um a couple other guys here that I find interesting in the nine K range. Basically All of them. It's only four guys. Adam Hadwin's here. Adam Hadwin has cooled off from his really hot start to 2022, but uh, the sixth place finish here in 2021, the fourth place finish in 2029, I bet you he's probably got the best strokes gain number of anybody in this field at TPC Twin Cities. Can I confirm that? Um, No, I cannot (laughs) because uh, Cam Champ has, uh, well, that win in there. This could be a spot for him to. Kind of get right, roll in a lot of putts, all that fun stuff, and and you know that miscut to John Deere. Outside of that, uh, it's been a it's been a really good year for him. Uh, McNeely, Davis, Riley round out the rest of this the rest of this group. Uh, McNeely, I don't know what his popularity is going to be. Did anyone watch the Barracuda last week? Because if they watched it, I'm pretty sure he punted it away on Sunday. Let me look at this. Okay, uh, so also what I did is I loaded in the Barracuda stats. I loaded in the strokes gain total from last week. So, but not not the Stableford scoring. That's how they actually determine that event. But obviously, these guys shoot like, oh, he shot a sixty-eight, but that translates to fifteen points or whatever. So, what I loaded in, I just looked at the raw. I just looked at the strokes, so I was able to load in the strokes gain total. So that that is included. I didn't want to exclude this event because it's Stableford when they actually do put scores together. So just treat it like a, a corn fairy event or something where we don't have the strokes gain breakdown, but we have the the strokes gain total. So um, I guess I'm wrong. McNeely didn't necessarily punt it away on Sunday, but he lost a little bit to the field 0.37. But in an event like that, where like you're just getting lapped, right? If, if like you have to make so many birdies, you got to go low um, to, to, f- kind of falter on Sunday and he didn't even play all that well on the weekend in general is a little bit disappointing, but I don't know if anybody cares, right? I don't know if anybody watched it. I don't know if, if are people just going to say, Oh my God, Mad McNeely, who I've bet a million times this year, which by the way, I've bet a, m- a million times this year, including last week, um, who finished 16th here last year has gone eighth, 16th and ninth in his last three stars. I'm playing Mad McNeely. I don't know what people are going to do. I don't know if they are paying attention or not. So, uh, McNeely's probably kind of like a wait and see what's, let's see what the ownership's going to be Davis Riley. We have not seen since the travelers, you know, if you go to the power rankings and still look at the last 36 rounds, Davis Riley is sixth in this field in strokes gain total. Last time we saw him was the John Deere and he didn't play particularly well. He... He didn't miss the cut, did he? No, he finished 64th. So uh that's one of his worst finishes as of late, and that's still part of his 36, right? It goes back a couple of weeks, goes back a couple of months, but that's still part of his 36. He's still the sixth best golfer in this field over that stretch. He's a, a elite ball striker. Couldn't you see him just getting hot and winning this, right? You know, if if we went back two months ago, Davis Riley would be like the favorite to win this event. right, like just like everyone was all in on this guy. So um yeah, I don't I don't mind that at all. I'll I'll probably end up playing playing a lot of Davis Riley. Um the AK range starts with like one of my guys, right? Like Cam Davis is one of my guys. And I think this is a uh, generally a pretty good spot for him. You know, he could he could get in trouble around here, you know, if he starts spraying it really badly um and finding 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 the water, but off the tee, again, it's it's weird. It's generous yet penal. There's a lot of spots where you can just bomb it without regard, but then there's a couple spots where you got to actually find a fairway. Um, it's, and, and those are mostly, if I remember correctly, the last couple of holes, if you remember when cam champ, uh, I could be, no, i I remember this pretty vividly cause cam champ cashed us like 125 to one ticket last year, which by the way, I think speaks to a lot of the volatility of this event. All, all three winners, right. Have been outside of a hundred to one. So th- this is l- like embrace the volatility a little bit. Um, Cam champ like sprayed it way left into the trees off 18. Right. And then had to hit like, uh, I think he laid up and then stuffed one close. And then I don't know if he made the putt, but he had, it's like there, there's some danger coming down the stretch, which usually gives us a pretty good finish. Uh, think Matt Wolf who makes Eagle on Bryson on 18, right? Look, like, there's it, it ends up creating a really good, a really good finish. Anyway, here's cam Davis, uh, gained seven and a half strokes to the field. at The Barracuda gained 9.6 at the John Deere. Those were his last two starts a couple starts before that T7 at the Charles Schwab. So we're seeing a guy who can pop. We're seeing a guy who uh of what we have the ball striking numbers are stout. The putter is competent. The short game stuff is an issue. However, <laughs> like I don't th- like I think if you're tapping into that, you're just so screwed, right? Like I I just, you know, we talked about this um when he won at Rocket, Mo- Rocket Mortgage, Detroit Golf Club was like the absolute best spot for him. Okay, he gained 3.2 strokes around the green that week. But like, if you are using it, you're probably not winning, right? Get to 25 under. Get to, I don't know, I don't know what it's going to take. But uh, I, I, I'm i generally always in on Cam. I think this is probably one of the better spots for him. This is such a weird time of year because you've got the majors which not everybody qualifies for, obviously. And then you have the alternate field events in which not all these guys want to go to. So these guys that have not played since the John Deere, I think are interesting. Adam Long, 8,600. He's coming off three straight top 25s. He went 25th here last year, runner-up the year before, 8,600. What are people going to do with him? Um, Who else? Brandon Steele. Brandon Steele has not played a lot at all. 25th at the Travelers. We haven't seen him since the Travelers. 10th at the Memorial 9th at the PGA talk about team. No putt. Let's go. Brandon Steele. Um, th- that's kind of like, I'm interested to see what people do with that. And then what they do with like Martin Laird, who's, you know, coming off a good finish last week at the Barracuda has played well coming in, has a 42nd here. Like what are people going to do with them? Are they just going to opt to go down to Nick Hardy? Who's been piling up great results. Also played well at the Barracuda last week. Like, yeah, like I could see all of that happening. Right. So, um, this eight, the the nines and the eights are so, are, are so stock full of both options, uh, pivots. They also include guys that I think could be X factors for the slate. I I really love this spot. So, so just kind of to sum it up in on cam Davis, again, really interested in Adam long and Brendan Steele. what guys are going to do with them. And then Nick Hardy and just be like, okay, like maybe I just run Nick Hardy back out there again. So that's, that's such a fascinating, fascinating little spot. Um, the other thing is these guys are also, they're also moneymakers in jock market. So, so like JT Poston is one of the highest ROI golfers in the jock market. Uh, Davis Riley's actually number one in this field in the last 10 starts. Brendan Steele up there as well. Brendan Steele's averaging a 49% ROI in the jock market. And I can't imagine his sentiment's going to be too big this week. Jock market is it's stock market DFS. Um, you've, Bid and buy and sell short shares, uh, uh, shares of golfers, and then based on their finishing position, they get guaranteed payouts, and then that's that's how it determines their worth. So these, like these, are the guys. Now their their prices are probably going to be a little bit more expensive this week, just because the field is a little bit weaker and and all that stuff. But sentiment might not be as great, right? Like I would be targeting Brendan Steele. I would be targeting Michael Gligic. That's a guy we're going to talk about, like for sure, in the jock market. Um, if you use the code Rick, you get a hundred percent uh deposit match up to a hundred bucks. And then Joe Idonia and myself, we do a power hour every Wednesday night at eight, fifteen PM Eastern time on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel to talk through that. It's it's um it's fascinating stuff. The seven K range, I think most people will probably just go back to to Chris Goddard up here, right? I think that's I think that's kind of the natural place to go. He had a really disappointing miscut at the Barracuda, but I think people will forgive him for that. I think, again, that will be dependent on ownership for me. Um, Jason Day, probably not. Jason Day's strengths now rely a bit more on the short game than I would like. Not necessarily sure that's a great fit. Adam Svensson sets up to be one of the most popular options, right? $7,600 for a guy who is, I mean... Like, let's just do the last, last 36 rounds of everybody in the 7K range. Uh, Svensson is one, two, three, four, five. He's he's sixth, he's sixth in this field, or excuse me, sixth in this range. Coming off a of six at the Barracuda, has like has four straight top 25s, finished 15th here in 2019. Um, you know, there are there are a, a decent number of shots from like 150 to 200 on this course, and uh, that is when when I think of Svensson, maybe it's because I saw him. I, I walked with him for a bit at, at Tory uh, earlier this year is like, oh yeah, like those, those are the shots I want. If it's a wedge fest, not necessarily, but further, further out, I, I think, I think is where Svensson, um, is going to tend to find success. He's going to play out of the fairway more often than, than not. He's not particularly long, but it's okay. Cause he gets away with it. So yeah, I mean, why not just go back to Svensson at, 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 at $7,600 honestly the 7k range is not that much worse than the 8k range there's a lot of really good guys in here smotherman who's been a darling is coming off an eighth place finish um tom kim right tom kim went 23rd at the travelers Third at the Scottish Open, made the cut at the Open Championship. There's a chance Tom Kim is way better than all these other guys in the 7K range, right? I think we're still learning what he's going to end up being, but there's like that's not a zero percent chance that he's just that much better than everybody else uh, is in this range. And then I, I mentioned you know Gligic earlier. Like let's let's look at Gligic. I don't remember why he had to withdraw from the Canadian Open, which I'm, I'm assuming it was uh serious considering he's a Canadian and like withdrawing from the Canadian Open would is like sacrilegious. You'd do anything to avoid it. But outside of that, um, and he played two weeks later and played fine. Outside of that, this is a stretch of golf where he's like, like just forgive the WD. He's made eight straight cuts, essentially. And the last four have all been inside the top 40. There's a T 10 at the John Deere, a T21 at the Barbasol. The ball striking numbers that what we have available are generally pretty good. The putter can get hot. Let's roll them out. Let's roll them out. See what happens. Flat $7,000. And I thought there was maybe one more. Where's Michael Kim? I want to talk about Michael Kim. Is he in the 6K range? Let's see if Michael Kim's in the 6K range. Oh, he withdrew. That's a shame. Uh, <laughs> he's. I think he's going to play the Corn Fairy event this week, which that's kind of a different story in itself. But he might win that Corn Fairy event this week. Uh, not to get too deep into that field, but... The the also the other problem is like he's so incentivized to play that and try to secure his tour card than to play this tour event, which is that's a conversation for a different day. But um, all right. So six K range. I was I was looking for him, but I guess we're not I guess we're not going to get there. Justin Lauer at sixty nine hundred bucks has been just fine. Right. He can make cuts, uh, especially in a field like this finished 16th at the Barracuda, 8th at the Barbasol. This is not going to be a field that week, obviously, but it's going to be what, probably bottom 10 in terms of uh, strength of field uh, th- this this season. So I imagine that the like these are the type uh, types of events that these guys can can contend in. They lick their chops it, they know they got to make their FedEx Cup points, all that fun stuff. So um Justin Lauer would be one guy that stands out. Uh, Sam Ryder, I think always has that pop ability. He's got two top 35 finishes in his in in two of his three trips to, um, to to this event at TPC Twin Cities. What else do we have here? Austin Cook, believe it or not, has figured it out. Don't look any don't look past his last five because the metrics are horrible. the the season long metrics are horrible. It's a bunch of miscuts before that. but has he found something, right? 13th at the RBC made the cut of the travelers. 16th at the John Deere 27th at the Barracuda at the Barbasol 60th at the, at the Barracuda. So that's five straight cuts made for a guy who's $6,700 with three top 27s in there. The underlying metrics are, are not anything to write home about, but this is a better stretch of five events. than you could say for a lot of the guys that are being priced in a similar spot. Um, couple of unknown entities or a couple like high upside, like Cole hammer, right? 6,500 bucks just gets out of, uh, Texas wants to come make it, make a name for himself. Uh, we're going to learn what his upside is on, on the PGA tour. And then I thought there was one more guy that I had down here. That was kind of a bit of an unknown. Maybe it was just, maybe it was just Cole hammer actually. Um, checking, 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 it might've just been Cole hammer. Okay. Let's run a model and see what we can find. Okay. Um, I'm just going to do something kind of wonky here. I'm just going to do last 36, um, off the T, you know, should I go with the model or should I go against the model? Right. Um, or the, the course key stats. So off the T, let's just give like 15 to accuracy, 10 to distance. So a little bit of nod to accuracy, just keep the ball in play. Approach play. Um, Let's put like ten on one fifty to one seventy five, and ten on one seventy five to two hundred. I think that's where a lot of shots are going to come from, but I don't want to put too much on it around the green. I don't think we really need to do anything. Maybe fifteen on sand saves, just because those tend to be a lot more difficult. And then putting, like, let's just go team no putt, right? Like, I don't need, I don't need to putt here. Like zero on putting. Um, That leaves us with I think forty. So now we should do uh like i want to do kind of a like i could just do uh boy i could do 20 on birdie or better and that leaves me with 20 how do i want to allocate this this final 20 let's do and i don't want to double count anything so let's just do this let's just let's just ramp up approach play actually okay so what i could do is i could kind of just create my own little like weighted strokes gained approach type deal. And I'll just go on four buckets, kind of get rid of the wedge ranges and see what happens. This is very freaky for me. I do not. I generally do not do this. My number one golfer. Oh boy. Hideki. Yikes. Am I just going to lose everything on Hideki? Uh, Hideki is number one. Number two is Tony Finau. Eric Van Rooyen was number three who won this event. So that probably makes sense. Uh, He just withdrew. So he will be removed from this. Like he withdrew like 15 seconds ago. So I'll remove him. Sung jam is number three. Wow. The three most expensive golfers are one, two, and three. That never happens. Does it? Emiliano Grillo for, for Stuart sink, Doug Gim, Lucas Glover, Tom Hoagie, Adam Hadwin. Wow. This is a freaky one for me. Oh, Pat Kazire might've been that other guy that I was interested in. He's 13th in my model. He's played good enough recently. Wow. This is so ugly. This was really not what I wanted to get into here. Wow. Oh boy. Yeah. It's a volatile week. I mean, this is, out. I guess this is outside what I would normally run. So it's kind of not surprising to see guys that I am not necessarily super interested in or popping up, but maybe I should embrace that a little bit, embrace the volatility a little bit. So it's basically three 10 K guys. And then a bunch of guys in the seven K, which does make that interesting. Cause I, I don't think, I don't think the sevens are all that different than the eights. I'm not sure the eights are all that different from the nines. Um, and we just got to find the right guys in there. All right. Wow. Jeez. We're, we're off and running 3M open. Lots more content to come Tuesday live show with Andy Wednesday. There's the jock market power hour plus the live chat. Uh, and we'll just keep it rolling. See what we can find. Love it. Um, tweet me at Rick run good. Leave a comment below. Best of luck this week. I'll talk to you guys soon.